Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you, every single one of you that is here this morning there in Belito. Come on, Durban, let's welcome Belito there in Peter Maritzburg this morning. All of you that are watching on Faith TV um, and those that are watching via YouTube. Come on, let's give them a great big God bless you. Welcome. Great to have you in church this morning in the name of Jesus. And if you are a, a first-time visitor, uh, we want to especially welcome you. Great to have you in church this morning because you matter to God. Every one of you matters to God. Um, and it's great to have all of you here. I know it's early in the year. My wife tried to remind me, and, and the church is already full, and it's early in the year. And we'll go to the 1030 service soon here in Durban. And we're going to expand there in Belito, and we're going to expand there in Peter Maritzburg. And wherever God has positioned us, we're going to expand. It's a year where we're going to see supernatural acceleration in the name of Jesus in every single area of our lives. We're going to see God move like we've never seen God move before. In the name of Jesus, so before we even take our seats, let me firstly wish all of you a very blessed 2023. It's going to be our greatest year. And I really believe that as we prioritize God's presence, His promises, and His purpose in our lives, we are going to see that supernatural acceleration. It's not just going to happen because we're sitting on our rusty dusty. We have to prioritize God's presence. Hold on to His promises, work His promises, and prioritize putting His purpose first, which is soul winning. So I declare, and I believe it, that this is going to be our greatest year ever in Jesus' name. As we put our eyes upon Him and focus upon Him, and we're going to live with big dreams, big plans, because we serve a big God. And Pastor, has already declared a year of supernatural acceleration. So I trust that you are positioning yourself. I trust that Amos chapter 9 verse 13 to 15 in the message translation is something that you can already, when he said regurgitate, I meant recite, that things are going to happen so fast that our head is going to spin and we'll spin one thing fast on the heels of the other, that we won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once and everywhere you look, blessings and then it ends off. It says, now plant them, plant them on their own land, and they'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. And I like this, and this is my title of my message this morning. Because God, your God, says so. Not a man, not somebody out there. God says so. God says so. So this is going to be a year of supernatural acceleration because God says so in Jesus' name. So just lift your hands. Father, we thank you for your presence. We pray this morning that your presence would move past reason, intellect, man's understanding, tradition, culture, language barriers. And you would permeate the hearts of every man, woman, and child here in Durban, Belito, Peter Maritzburg, they're on Faith TV. They're listening on YouTube this morning. That the little things that become a distraction, we'll give them room to move aside. That that which brings life, which is your word and your presence, would transform every heart 
And because of that, our lives will never be the same again. And the lives of those around us will be impacted. Father, without you, we can do nothing. And so as we begin this year, we choose to believe what you have decreed through your word and that you watch over your word to see it performed in our lives. That we will see supernatural acceleration. We will see healing. We will see restoration. We will see divine intervention in our lives where recovery will take place. And what we have lost during the past three years, we will recover all and more. And so I thank you for what you will do as we start this Sunday. I make a commitment to you this Sunday to serve you all the days of our lives in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Well, greet somebody on your left, greet somebody on your right, and you may be seated if you can. Uh, I'm excited. I've been away for a few weeks, had a, had a good rest, a good little, little time with my family to, to uh, get ready for the year. Uh, I've come back on fire. I've come back more hungry for God's presence. Um, the belt felt a bit tighter. Christmas was good. Uh, we had a good time as a family, and we've come back refreshed, and we're ready to run for God. So I'm excited for the year that lies ahead. And really what I want to speak to you today is I want to challenge your mindset. I want to challenge you in the area of what do you really believe? What is it that you really believe? Because if we are to see supernatural acceleration, we are going to have to believe God's Word over everything around us. We're going to have to allow God's Word to be the truth above the facts. I saw even in December when I fellowshiped with people that weren't necessarily believers, even some of them were believers to an extent, how their mindset actually caused me to question some of the things that I thought I believed. I'm a pastor. And when people come and tell you and they say to you all the time that, 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 that this is the, true, the, the facts and, and here are the facts and, and, and you're living in cloud cuckoo land because you're believing God's going to do something better in our nation or, or God's going to do something better in this world. But these are the facts. And I experienced my belief system being challenged. I spend more time watching the news, negativity. I like what Pastor Art said the other day, uh, television is like hellavision. And we need to get God's vision for our lives. You listen to some family and, and they're negative about the future and, 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 and you find your own belief system being challenged all the time. I mean, I'm not talking about what you say when you come to church and the pastor says, oh, tell somebody God is good and you turn to the person on your left and God is good. I'm not talking about uh, uh, all the right Christianese things to say at the right times. When somebody sneezes, you say, bless you. I'm talking about what do you really believe? What do you really believe when it's 2 o'clock in the morning and the enemy comes and starts putting those thoughts of doubt and those thoughts of fear and starts whispering in your ear that you're not going to make it, that your business is going to go down, that you're going to get retrenched and lose your job? The guy came to me in the gym the other day, and I believe he'll come to our church at some stage, but he came to me in the gym the other day and he said to me, he knows he's getting retrenched. So, 
Two things happen when you get retrenched. Either you become a victim of that retrenchment, or you trust God and you move into a new dimension of blessing in your lives. But you've got to make the choice. But it's all determined by what you believe. And so I want to look at two scriptures this morning. 1 Kings chapter 18, just one verse there. 1 Kings 18, verse 21. And then the next verse will be from 1 Kings 19. Well, let's go from verse 20. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal, follow Him. But the people answered Him, not a word. If the Lord is God, follow Him. We are moving into a season where we cannot keep faltering between two opinions. We, we cannot be Christians in this context, and when we're around those people, suddenly we, we're in the world. We, we cannot be living by biblical principles when it suits us, and then when it's not so comfortable, we live by other value systems. I want to challenge you this morning that those who've come to church in the first week of January, it must tell me that you are serious about walking with God this year. It tells me that you want to do God's will. But you're going to have to make a decision. If the Lord is God, I'm going to follow Him. As for me and my family, I'm going to follow Him. I've made a commitment to God and I'm going to serve Him. Come hell or high water. In 1 Kings 19 verse 9 it speaks and it says, talking about Elijah, and there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here, Elijah? In other words, God was saying to him, you're not where I expected you to be. So he said, Lord, I, I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel. I want you to take note of verse 10. I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Verse 10 is Elijah's belief system. Verse 10 is his core belief system. Listen, they've come. They, I've been zealous for you, God. The children of Israel, all the church have forsaken your covenant. They've torn down your altars and killed your prophets by the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks and pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. This year you're going to have to learn to discern the voice of the Lord. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, Second time, what are you doing here, Elijah? Listen, we can't make a destination out of a pit stop. You might have been through some stuff, and you might have made some mistakes, but you can't make that your pit stop. You can't make that your camping spot. 
You've got to keep serving God, keep following God, keep walking with God. And God comes to him and says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very zealous. The second time, his belief system. Because every time you squeeze Elijah, this is what comes out. I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Poor me. Poor me. And the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king of Assyria. Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nim Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Japhat, of Abel, Meholah, whatever, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. And it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, a remnant, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. But Elijah, Elijah responded to God with was his core belief system. Verse 18 is the truth. Now I want to give you some context. Ahab, a Hebrew king, marries a woman of a different belief system in an arranged marriage. I haven't got time to go into all that. That woman has a name, a name that many Christians often use but don't understand. And her name was Jezebel. And she belonged to a culture that believes in a multiplicity of God, small g. More specifically in the worship of Baal. And Jezebel leaves her country, but not her culture. Listen, family, with the day you become a Christian, you embrace God's kingdom culture. The day you become a Christian, His Word becomes the truth in your life. The day you become a Christian, His, His Word is the truth above your facts. We have to hold His Word in high esteem. We have to hold His promises in high esteem. I mean, I'll get into it just now, and, but, but, but Elijah will use Jezebel as an excuse. And the truth was, Jezebel wasn't the issue. It was Elijah's wrong belief system. The fact that you and I can't make it shouldn't have an excuse. We shouldn't be saying, it's tough in Durban. It's tough in Belito. It's tough in Peter Marisburg. It's tough in KZN. We shouldn't be talking about the things that are, that are holding us back. We should be looking and focusing on the God that wants to prosper us, the God that wants to take us forward, the God that has a great plan and a great future for every single one of us. We have to have the right belief system. As the Hebrew children are exposed to Baal worship through Jezebel, they begin to convert to Baalism. So here's another important lesson. What you are exposed to or what you expose yourself to influences and impacts your life, both for the good and for the bad. People that you expose yourself to, <laughs> not like this. 
people you hang with, the people that you open yourself to, the people that you are vulnerable to, they're either going to impact your life positively or negatively. Choose who you allow to influence you. But in all this chaos, one man stands and speaks out against this compromise, and his name is Elijah, and he stands before the people, and he says, listen, we can't falter between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow Him. I'm going to say it again. In 2023, we can't falter between two opinions. If God is God, follow Him. Much like what Pastor did during COVID lockdown. Stood. We forget quickly. Stood when others folded. Stood when others bowed down. And people thought He was crazy. But He said, listen, we can't falter. God is still in control. God is still going to see us through. We're not going to compromise our faith. We're not going to compromise what we believe. So Elijah has this whole ceremony, and you can read about it in 1 Kings 18, of where he, he brings the prophets of Baal, 450 of them, and he stands alone and he says, now we're going to build an altar to our God, his God, G-O-D, big G, and they're going to build an altar to their God, small G, O-D. And you are going to pray down fire, and God's going to burn that altar, the, 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 the sacrifice. And, and, and the, the God who answers that prayer is the real God. And he gives the prophets of Baal the first, uh, first chance, and they pray, and they cut themselves and do all their rituals, and there's no power, there's no fire. And when it's finished, he prays to God. And he prays down fire. I mean, I'm not just talking fire, I'm talking fire. I'm not just talking F-I-R-E, I'm talking capital F-I-R-E because that fire comes down and consumes the sacrifice. That fire comes down and consumes the altar. That fire comes down and consumes the rocks. That fire comes down and burns up all the water. It's something totally supernatural. It's called supernatural acceleration. And so then Elijah kills the 450 prophets of Baal. Did that sink in for a moment? One man, anointed of God, defeats 450 prophets of Baal. What's stopping you? And then this woman, Jezebel. I got an email the other day by somebody telling me that somebody in our church has got a spirit of Jezebel. And I thought, how dumb are you? Oh, pastor, that woman carries a spirit of Jezebel. Really? Can you spell Jezebel? You heard about the spirit of Jezebel somewhere. Now you've hooked onto that thing like... Uh, Jezebel comes to him after he kills the prophets of Baal and sends a message to him because Ahab tells Jezebel what happened. And Jezebel comes and says, send this message to Elijah that in the next 24 hours I'm going to kill him. I'm coming for him, and I'm going to kill him next 24 hours. And this great man of God called Elijah, who's just called down fire that consumes the altar, fire that consumes the sacrifice, fire that burns up the water, and the rocks, starts running. Starts running. How many of us are running from what God has called us to do because we're tired, 
because of wrong belief systems. I mean, this great man of God begins to run for his life. He's just killed 450 prophets of Baal, and one woman threatens him, and he runs for his life. Now watch this. He runs a day's journey. How long is a day? 24 hours. She said she's going to kill him within 24 hours. He's run a day's journey, which means he's run out of time. He's run out of the time she was going to kill him, and he's now in a different region. but his core belief system was wrong. You see, there are two caves that Elijah went to, that entered. One was a cave of consecration and preparation. It's here that Elijah went before he defeated the 450 prophets of Baal. It's here where he prepared for a supernatural encounter. It's here that he prepared for supernatural acceleration. It's here that he got to a place with God where where, where God positions him in a place of victory. It's here where he prepared to call down fire. It's here where he prepared to defy logic and prepared to defy science and to prepare to defy nature. That's how serious Elijah walked with God. And he comes out of that cave with a supernatural boldness, a supernatural courage and purpose. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. I mean, there's no substitute for time in God's presence. He comes out knowing that God is God all by Himself. He doesn't need anything else. He's got an encounter with God. And God gives Elijah a victory where all the odds were against him. Because you see, the Bible says in Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? I want to say this right in the beginning. I don't know what you are facing. But I want to remind you that God doesn't count like men count. There might be 450 prophets of Baal against you, and you might be one that is standing. But God makes that equation favor you because God is a way maker God is a miracle worker we just sung about it God is still God all by himself listen you can't have victory without a battle you can't be an overcomer if you've had nothing to overcome I know this morning I'm speaking to somebody, maybe you're in Belito, or maybe you're there in Peter Maritzburg or watching on Faith TV, but I'm speaking to somebody that is believing, that is trusting God, that is really believing for God to intervene. And I'm not asking you to get all religious on me, but I'm asking you if you really believe in God for supernatural acceleration, that this morning you would jump to your feet and praise Him as if it has already happened. You praise Him with everything in you. You begin to worship Him and say, thank you, God that this is my year, that 2023, I'm going to see restoration. In 2023, I'm going to see healing. In 2023, I'm going to see you restore my marriage. I'm going to receive you, restore my relationship with my kids. I'm going to receive you, restore me in my area of finance, whatever it is. The facts may be against you, but my Bible says God is for you. The facts may say we're headed for a recession. 
Inflation is going up. Interest rates are up on the rise. The facts might be a bad medical diagnosis. The facts might be your husband said there's no hope for your marriage. The facts might be that the job interview you went for, they said to you, we won't employ people like you. But the truth is God's Word. And God's Word is higher than facts. The truth is my God shall supply all my need according to His riches in glory. The truth is with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. The truth is by His stripes I'm healed in Jesus' name. The truth is the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Are you going to live by the facts of this world or are you going to stand on the truth of God's Word? Because I'm telling you right now, I've chosen to believe the report of the Lord. I have chosen not to allow Mr. Naysayer and Mrs. Naysayer to influence what I'm believing God for. I'm not going to hang around negative people. I'm not going to let negative people influence my stand and my commitment and my faith in God. You can have 450 against you. But if God is for you, who can stand against you? I have chosen to, re- to believe the report of the Lord. I mean, you've got to understand, we're talking about Elijah, the man that prayed fire down, the man that defeated 450 prophets of Baal, but the man is tired. <laughs> and now he's running from a woman. A woman. But I want you to hear something today. <laughs> Jezebel wasn't Elijah just problem. She was just a false antagonist. I mean, Elijah enters a cave. 1 Kings 19. And God says to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he says, now listen, Lord, you've got to understand. I've been zealous for you. I served you throughout the pandemic. I've been serving you when the riots came, and I've served you when the floods came. And, and, and Lord, you know, I was in church every Sunday. I was an MOH, and Lord, I, I was in the worship team, and Lord, I did this, and Lord, I did that. I've been very zealous for you, but, but you must understand, Lord, all these other Christians ran away, and I kept serving you. And now they want to kill me. They've killed your prophets, and now they want to kill me. Lord, you, you don't understand. It's like... God doesn't know you, and God doesn't know your problems, and God doesn't know a solution to your problem. I mean, Elijah, this great man of God who's used by God, a moment later is now telling God about the problems. What are you doing here? So he tells him. And then God says, go stand outside. And the Lord will pass by. And there was a strong wind, but the Lord was not in the wind. And After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Why is that still, small voice so important? Because it's that still, small voice that is eating at you. It's that still, small voice that is reminding you of your failures. 
It's that still small voice in the middle of the night that is telling you, you can't get over the battle that you're facing. You can't get a job. You can't get married. Nobody likes you. It's that still small voice that is stealing your security from you. It's that still small voice. And in order to change you, God's got to counter that still small voice of negativity negativity with His still small voice. What are you doing there? Are you going to enter 2023 with the same negative mindset, the same insecurities? Are you going to enter this year with the same battles? I mean, Elijah is God's man. Elijah's called down fire. Elijah outran Ahab's chariots. He killed 450 prophets of Baal. And he's now run away from a woman who is not even in the region. (laughs) Beyond the 24 hours she said she would take to kill him. And he begins to pray a prayer, God, I want to die. He's been defeated by someone who doesn't have the authority or power to defeat him. You can outrun the chariots and you can call down fire and you can outrun the chariots, but you can't outrun you. You can't outrun a faulty belief system. Doesn't it sound a little bit like us? We've made it through COVID. We made it through lockdown. We made it through the riots and the floods. We've experienced some victories. But then there's a still small voice of doubt, a still small voice of fear, a still small voice of unbelief. And like Elijah, we often give into a wrong belief system. Here is a man who forgot who God is. Here is a man who forgot who he is in God. Here is a man who forgot what God said to him. You see, his enemy was not Jezebel. His enemy was his enemy. And the biggest battle that you and I are going to face in 2023 is not the giants that come our way. It's how we respond to the giants. It's the enemy. How you see you. How you see God. How you speak. How you declare. It's not what Jezebel said to him. It's not what she said. It's what he was saying to himself. When you squeezed, what is coming out of you? Every time God said to Elijah, what are you doing here? He gave a defeated answer. Family, I want to remind you we've endured. If you hadn't endured, you wouldn't be here. I want to remind you you've overcome. I want to remind you that you've got God's identity. I want to remind you that we have a word from God, Amos chapter 9. But we're going to have to let go of the wrong belief system. We're going to have to confront our belief systems. Confront the negative belief system. Or we'll not discover the second part of our lives. I mean, here's a thought. Clear direction needs clear thinking. Sometimes you've got to shut out the noise. 
Sometimes you've got to shut out that, that, that white noise, that negative thought pattern. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. How are you? Well, under the circumstances, pastor, how was your December? You must understand it was a real bad December. And, and under the circumstances, no, God never called you to be under something. God called you to be the head, not the tail. God called you to be above only, not beneath. God called you to be blessed uh, coming in and blessed going out. God called you to, come on, listen to me this morning. That's why I often refer to when I was diagnosed with cancer over 10 years ago, and, and I knew the scriptures, but I had to get to the place where I wasn't just saying them, I believed them. They had to drop from my head to my heart. They had to become a revelation. And the challenge is we become so caught up in tradition and Christian culture, and we've lost something in that. Because we know what to say, but we don't know how to live. I invite people to church wherever I go. I tell them about Jesus. Whatever I do, I just, that's me. Whether I'm on holiday or not, whether I'm in the gym or not, wherever I am. And, and I realize something. You can't argue with people's belief system. I've missed you. I'm coming downstairs. You can't argue with somebody's belief system. Some people will just argue for the sake of arguing. It's black. No, it's white. It's sunny. No, it's raining, Pastor. It's cloudy. No, the sun is out. They'll just argue for the sake of arguing. For people to be transformed, the first thing that has to happen is they have to have a God encounter. And this year, as your leader, I want to take you on a journey. where I help you discover who you are in God. And for some, it's going to be easier. For others, it's going to be a battle all the time. And you're going to have to learn how to let go of things that are holding you back. Maybe you're going to have to cut some relationships. Maybe you're going to have to stop watching your favorite soapy. the salt of our days or whatever it's called and the guy's been divorced 16 times and you still think he's the most handsome guy he's now 85 years old he's got a bit of spray paint on him and, and you still think it's cute how he and then you're struggling in your own marriage because you, 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 you're suspecting your husband behaves like him hey listen we have to get serious with God we're going to have to get serious with God my identity doesn't define who I am my race doesn't define who I am. My culture doesn't define who I am. My upbringing doesn't define who I am. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I can be who God calls me to be. And, and if a guy like Elijah struggles with his identity, a man that prays down fire, a man that defeats 450 prophets of Baal, surely you and I are at times gonna struggle with our identity? If a man like Peter, who walked with Jesus for three years and saw miracles and had Jesus' permanent teaching into his life, still doubted, surely you and I are going to doubt at times? I want to challenge you this morning to confront your negative belief systems. Pastor, it's never been done before, so? 
with man it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. You don't understand my circumstance. I don't need to. I know God. And you need to get to know God. People tell me that the, the city of Durban's going to struggle because of blah, 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 blah. No, I want to tell you that we're going to see revival. And it's going to start when every Christian takes responsibility for his home. And every Christian takes responsibility for his children. And every Christian takes responsibility for the schools that his children are in. And when every Christian gets committed to making society a better place. And when every Christian will stop compromising the Word of God. And when every Christian will begin to prophesy the Word of God. We are going to have to constantly challenge the negative belief system that we've developed. You see, it's not what they say about you. It's not what they say about our city. It's not what they say about our province. It's not what they say about our nation. It's about what you and I are saying to you and I. It's about what you are saying to you when you get home, when you lie in bed. Are you willing to confront that still small voice with the voice of God, with the Word of God? You see, Pastor, you don't understand because the world I live in, hey, listen, the world you live in is not the world. The world you live in is just the world that you are living in. Because there's somebody that lives 500 meters from you that is living in a different world to you. And if you don't like the world that you're living in, you have the ability to change that world. I, I got into YouTube yesterday and I was watching something about a house in America, in New York. I mean, that home is my dream home. They must just bring it to South Africa. They must just bring it to Durban. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. It was absolutely phenomenal. It was a penthouse just above, I've now forgotten what the park is called, uh, whatever it's called. Sorry, Central Park. Up in a building high up there, three floors, and then an outside area. And I mean, I thought to myself, this world is so different. And the world that I'm living in, where I stay, in my house, that's my world. And I have a choice. I can either make it a small, tiny world and be unhappy with that world, or I can allow God to do something with my life and expand my world, that my world is not just my environment. If you're unhappy with the world that you live in, change it. Change the world you're living in by your belief system by what you are speaking, by how you embrace God's Word, by how you declare God's Word. You see, Elijah's belief system is wrong. And he runs away because of a wrong belief system, a wrong default setting. I mean, he starts off, I'm a Christian. I'm zealous for the Lord. The children of Israel, they, they've broken their covenant and, and I alone am left. And then God's got to remind him. 1 Kings 19 verse 18, I'm closing. Yet I've reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him, 
It doesn't matter what the world is going on about. There are still those that are a remnant for God. There are still those that are serving God. And if others don't serve God, I'm still going to serve God. But whatever negative thought conversation I'm having with myself, I've got to realize that negativity is a lie. Because if God is for you, who can stand against you? That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. 1 John 5 verse 4, New Living Translation says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. In the, in the Passion Translation it says, You see, every child of God overcomes the world, for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over this world. In the Message Translation, the same scripture says, Every God-begotten person conquers the, wor world, conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. In 1 Samuel 14 verse 6, when Jonathan says to his armor bearer to come over, let's go and conquer those Philistines, the uncircumcised Philistines. It may be the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. I'm not going to preach all day today. I want to. But I want to challenge you first. We'll get into the shouting later on. And we'll get into the screaming later on. And get all excited later on. But the first thing I want you to do this year is to make a decision. Make a decision that 2023, whether you are in Durban, Peter Maritzburg, Belito, Faith TV, watching on YouTube, that 2023 is going to be my greatest year ever. That you're coming back stronger. That you're going to see God's supernatural acceleration in every area of your life. But it all starts by making a decision. We can't falter between opinions. If the Lord is God, follow Him. Ball, follow him. But I've already made the decision. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. I want you to stand with me to your feet, please, every single person. We have to make a decision. We have to make a decision at the beginning of this year. Who is Jesus to you? But I'm, I'm religious. And I've been going to church for a while. And the guy said to me yesterday, I don't believe. It's not my job to prove to you that God exists. It's my job to serve Him. And it's my job to trust Him. But you've got to have your own God encounter, whoever you are. And maybe you found yourself in this holiday period or through the last 18 months, two years, three years, that you've faltered between two opinions. It's time to make a decision. You can't vacillate here one day and there another day and expect to have victory. It's like going on diet and saying I'm only dieting at breakfast time. But lunchtime I'm not going to diet and 
supper time, I'm not going to diet. And before I go to bed, I'm not going to diet, but I'm going to break the fast. I'm going to do intermittent fasting from 10 o'clock till 6 o'clock in the morning. Now you're either committed or you're not committed. You're either a Christian or you're not a Christian. Well, I was christened a Christian. That means nothing, my friend. I'm sorry to say it means nothing. I was also christened. As a baby, I was christened Glenn Ashton Schroeder. That's my full name. And the pastor sprinkled some water on my face, and that was it. And they took a picture. It means nothing. The Bible says, I praise before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You need to choose that both you and your descendants might live. It's your choice. It's not your parents' choice. It's not your grandparents' choice. It's not your pastor's choice, your spouse's choice. You have to choose. I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose. I remember that day so clearly that I made a choice. At the beginning of this year, we can't falter. The first place we've got to start is to surrender ourselves to His Lordship. I want every head bowed, every eye closed here in Durban, there in Belito, Peter Maritzburg, watching on television. You've never given your heart to Jesus. Or maybe you have. But you're not following Him the way you should. Maybe you've come to a place where circumstances, challenges, life has caused you to get to a place where you're faltering between two opinions. But I want to say to you this morning, if the Lord is God, make a decision today to follow Him. While every head is bowed, every eyes closed, believers are praying, that's you this morning. You've never given your heart to Christ, you have, but you've wandered away. You're not serving Him the way you should. There's no heavy on you. All I'm asking you is come back to Him. Maybe if you were to die right now, you're not sure that you'd wake up in His presence. My brother, my sister, I ask you to wake up today and come back to Him. If that is you this morning, then quickly all over this place, there in Maritzburg, there in Belito, just slip your hands and say, yes, you're talking to me. I want to give my heart to Christ. I want to come back to Jesus. I need to make right with God. I've been faltering in the place of two opinions, and I'm going to make a decision today to surrender myself to Him, to come back to Him quickly. Slip your hand now in Jesus' name. Say, pray for me. Bless you, sir. Thank you at the back. Bless you. Thank you. Quickly, slip it up high so I can see it. Once I've seen your hand, you may put it down. Quickly, slip it up. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Quickly, slip it up high. Quickly, in Jesus' name. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Quickly, look at me. Quickly, if you, you need to raise your hand, give your heart to Christ. Slip it up quickly now in Jesus' name. Come on. The days of compromise are over. The days of serving God with one foot in the church and one foot in the world are over. You haven't yet raised your hand, but there's a stirring in your heart. That is God speaking to you quickly. Slip it up now. In Jesus' name, say, you're talking to me there over there. Thank you. Anybody else? Quickly. There in Belito. Slip it up. Come on. Peter Maritzburg. Slip it up. Slip it up. Come on. We want to pray with you. Last time as I look across the church, you haven't yet raised your hand. Slip it up now in Jesus' name. Quickly say, yes, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. You're talking to me. I'm coming back to Christ this morning. I'm coming back to Him this morning. I'm giving my heart to Him this morning. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me put your hands down. Look at me quickly. You raised your hand. You should have raised your hand this morning. I want to pray with you. I want to ask you to take a bold step to pick up your personal belongings in a moment and come meet me in the front here. They're in Belito. They're in Peter Maritzburg so I can pray for you. This is what Christianity is all about, actually bringing people into a relationship with Jesus. 
Because the only thing we take with us is people. And we're going to see more people saved in this church and through this church and through our ministry than we've ever seen. We're going to see God supernaturally accelerated, but we're going to have to get excited about people coming to make right with God. Not looking at people coming to make right with I want to get out of here quickly. The beach is calling. Really? If that is your mindset, then I think maybe you need to come to the front. My roast is getting burnt. You better come to the front because you might burn. How dare you say that? Well, surely what God's priority should be our priority. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. What a privilege to pray with you this morning. God loves you. God has a great plan for your life. There in Peter Maritzburg, Belito, Faith TV, YouTube. Just put your hand upon your heart, pray this prayer with a simple prayer. Just simply say, Dear Lord Jesus, I choose to believe that you are God, that you died for my sins, that you rose from the grave to give me life. And I ask you, Jesus, to come and take your rightful place as my Lord, as my Savior. I receive your forgiveness and your promise of new life. And I ask you to guide me, guard me, keep me, and use me for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.